You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Bluestein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, one of the people said, who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. So, episode three of Bizarre Buffet, we're it here. Is. We're here. Yeah. yeah. BDSM week. BDSM week. We are ready. We are. We've got our leather okay. on, our, our face our mask. Ball gags. Oh my God. I know. I found one that fits under my face mask for, um, you know, the uh, global crisis. Good for you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, I don't mind that you can see it through, <laughs> uh, through my face mask because there is no shame. It's like and a we bulge. are here to promote. That's right. It's like a it little is. BDSM bulge. I was going to wear my bulge Ball- for this podcast, but it was hard uh-huh. to talk. Everything was garbled. Oh, uh, well, you just haven't found the correct one yet. Maybe, yeah. Maybe right. soon. I think yeah. it's a size Jen, what about issue. you? I yeah, mean, probably. yeah, mine is, mine's a little too, it's a little too big, so you wouldn't be able to understand me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, that's kind of attractive, though, depending on who you are, so save it for a later date. Yeah, I think it also depends on, like, the person you're attracting as well. And that's a very good point. And with that being said, so what are we getting into today? What are we talking about? Well, I mean... What do you guys know about BDSM? Because I, I think I've always just had this like preconceived notion about BDSM, about whips and chains and safe words. And yes, so I think that that is like the more popular uh, perception of it, right? Right. Uh, like you know, a very surface-based idea. The- it's more than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, it is more than Fifty Shades of Grey is what I was getting at, you know, because every person went out and then they thought that they were a BDSM master. There's so many levels to it, too. Well, like, I just like the the generics or like the tip of the iceberg, right? There's BDSM stands for bondage, dominatrix, sadism, and... Oh, God, this is why we need someone to educate us. We have a special guest today that is going to educate us. Also, too, I know that BDSM, it's more than just, like, the leather daddy stuff. It goes deeper than that. It's, like, foot fetish stuff. It's, you know, push. I think it's called edging, where you push the edge and you get into knife and needle play and hot wax. And mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's urination, a celebration, and there's just... <laughs> I'm celebrating. <laughs> so there's there's so many like uh, areas of BDSM culture that are more mainstream than the others. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's just, I feel like you're opening up Pandora's box. I think that every one of us has a little bit of BDSM in us. Yeah. And I think that like, even maybe some things that you or someone might be attracted to or enjoy, you know, I mean, not that it necessarily needs a title, but these things could fall into the category of BDSM. Well, it's funny because I've never personally experienced it i think the only time i've actually 
had some sort of firsthand interaction with it. It was like when I used to be active on my dating apps mm-hmm. and like on Bumble, OkCupid, Tinder, a lot of men in their profiles, they, they were very, you know, clear about, you know, BDSM kink only. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I'd imagine it's it's the type of thing where if it is something that is important to you and part of your life, you definitely have to seek out others who are, I mean, I don't know this to be fact, but others that are interested in the same things, because if it is something that is part of you or your life, you're going to have to find somebody who's receptive to it, I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? It's all got to be mutual. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has to be mutual. I also think, you know, if it's something that's really important in your life, I feel like it probably for people like in relationships, it's a very intimate experience. Like, yeah, I think, and I think for me, like my, my experience in the BDSM world, (laughs) my little is buying a harness that is literally like buying a body harness and wearing it as a fashion accessory um while i listen to depeche mode and watching hellraiser hey you know what there you go the aesthetics are good i know well i love i love the leather aesthetic a lot and you know i almost feel like well you know am i what's the term called is it appropriation like cultural appropriation like if I decide to wear a body harness and a leather mask, but I'm not whipping someone, like, am I appropriating? Is that the word? Well, I don't, I don't know if that's it or not, but I get what you, I get what you you're know. saying. I, I definitely know what you're saying. And that would be something that we could ask Mr. Dark. Yes. Mr. Dark, who's our very special guest today. And, That's you right. know, he is the founder of the BDSM Educational Center. So, Ooh, tell us you know, more. He... Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. So he is a sex positive educator, and he's been involved in this community for over 25 years. Oh, wow. So he started all of this in Las Vegas, um, and he merged with the Sin City Network, and it's created the largest BDSM network in Southern Nevada. Wow. And they offer education, they offer health resources, and, you know, other kink-related activities. Amazing. Yeah. And he created in 2011 the longest-running BDSM intro class. Wow. Yeah. And when he found the BDSM Education Center, they were offering monthly classes. They do peer-to-peer mentor program. They have a BDSM kink resource. Oh, wow. So it's very, very involved. That's yeah. incredible. But I mean, I've been doing my research and looking at his website, and it's like, I picture, like, I'm, major- I'm going to school and majoring in BDSM. Oh, yeah. Cool. It, it, sound- it sounds like an institute. Like, it's and an you're institute, getting- exactly, and, like, getting yeah. lectures. You know, Very and cool. I think that's important, too, because I think a lot of people, they might have these, like, desires, but they're afraid to explore it. Um, you know, maybe they feel ashamed or embarrassed, which you should not at all. Of course And, not. you know, no. maybe also there's just, they don't know how. Like, if you, you know, wanted to experiment with, like, needles and knife play, 
you can't just, you know, pick up your butcher knife and bring it into the bedroom and have a good time. Like, I'm sure that there are ways of doing it and ways that you should not be doing it. Oh, absolutely. There's got to be like techniques of how to, you know, incorporate that. And especially with like pouring hot wax. Yeah. And it sounds like he gives, you know, the full run of how you can do these things correctly, safely. Yeah. So, you know, his education center, it strives to be a top education resource for BDSM play and relationship dynamics for everyone. And their major goal is to facilitate growth, understanding of the alternative lifestyle, and then empower those individuals in the communities. And they believe in creating a space that's inclusive and safe for all people. So regardless of your race, your gender, your religion, color, sexual orientation. And then what we said at the beginning of this, they believe that consent is mandatory, which absolutely it is. Absolutely. Entirely. So I have a question, you know, before we, before we bring Mr. Dark on, I I just want to know, you know, if this was your kink, if you were into the BDSM scene, like, what do you think your safe word would be? Oh, that's a really good question. That is Jen. I think mine would be um, Stevie Nicks or (laughs) um, Lily, Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. I would have to be something that was on brand that I you would think know. Mine would be ow. Stop. <laughs> that would be Mark's I'm too. Done. Don't to that that would be mine. <laughs> I don't. I think mine would be like Pinhead because I love Hellraiser. Oh, He's good like one. The BDSM master. Actually, there's this meme, and it's one of my favorite memes, and it's like the Cenobites from Hellraiser. And they're all standing there, and it's like 50 shades of gray, you amateurs. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's... It's a real news. Okay. Well, well, listen, you know what? Of the real world, we have Mr. Dark coming, and I'm all about it. I cannot wait to learn all these really amazing things. I'm excited. Me too. All right, so welcome, Mr. Dark. Mr. Dark, Dark. welcome to Bizarre Buffet. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I mean, how cool is that, right? It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show. Mr. Dark, first, we just want to thank you for being part of our show. When we came up with the title for Bizarre Buffet, we came up with bizarre because we see it as an empowering term and Mm -hmm. something that's unconventional and more on the extraordinary spectrum. So I just want you to know that we're a very like positive podcast and all inclusive. And, you know, we're here to learn more about what you do and your world because it's really fascinating for us. Yeah. Happy to hear that. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us and everyone listening um, the exact definition of BDSM and how deep that culture really goes? I sure can. So, Historically, BDSM 
stands for bondage, discipline, sadism, and masochism. Um, over the years, people have used the DS in the middle to also include dominance and submission. And you could say dominance and submission or, you know, otherwise known as DS uh, or MS, which would be uh, master slave, uh, is the lifestyle, is who we are, as people who we identify as, while BDSM is the activity that we engage in. Over the years, it has evolved into so much. There were well, say in the hetero community. Uh, so I identify as queer, actually. So in the LGBTQ community, you know, it's different. A lot of it was, you know, spanking and rope and, you know, flogging and that kind of thing. You just said a key word for me, which is evolving. And I was going to ask you this question a little bit later in the episode, but I feel like now is an appropriate time um, with like the evolution of just humanity right now with what's going on. Um, and everything changing, do you see any like new kinks evolving that haven't really hit mainstream culture yet? You know, with, with the world the way it is at this moment, uh, I, I don't. Uh, but what I will say on that is that there are undoubtedly going to be new activities, new identities that, that pop up, right? When we're and left to our own <laughs> devices, um, no pun intended with devices, but uh, <laughs> when we're left on our own, that gives us time to think more and experiment more because we can experiment in the privacy of our own homes and only involve who we want to involve. I think when this is all over, something will crop up and there will be a new identity or a new mm -hmm. activity, um, which, which I think is great. When I started, it was very uh, black and white. And now it's not. There are tons of subsections under the umbrella that is BDSM. Part of what was so fascinating to me when I came across your educational center I was like, wow, something like this exists. That's an incredible thing. It's something that I necessarily would not have thought about. With that being said, I mean, what was the moment that you had where you were like, this is something I need to do. This is um, an avenue that I need to pursue, educating people. Well, I, I've always been an extrovert. I've always been an extroverted person. Always trying to either learn something or teach something. But what I found, you know, I found that while there were a lot of people that appreciated the, the effort and the information, there was not a lot of credibility. Getting into teaching over the years, it was really hard to break out. I always kind of wanted to, but I was never, I never felt like I was in the position to, to start something so bold. Um, and when I started it, even I, I never expected it to be as big as it is uh, and how secretive we had to be back then. Um, I, you know, it just really inspired me to just seek out all the people who were like me. I had to go to circus of books in West Hollywood to even find books on any kind of BDSM. It just all kind of culminated in this moment where I said, I really want to do this. And in uh, 2011, 
I actually realized that no one here was really teaching a BDSM 101. People were touching on it. You know, there were a lot of 101 flogger classes and 101 uh, rope classes and things like that. But for the most part, there was no orientation to BDSM. Hmm. You were on the forefront. You were, uh, you're a pioneer. Oh God. Uh, I, I am old <laughs> enough to be one. I could tell you that. So, uh, so you, you, you're talking about, you know, these orientation, these introduction classes. What I want to know is like, what does the curriculum look like for a class like this? Yeah, we're really fascinated by all of the workings and how many things you offer. What I realized was that while people were walking away from classes with the knowledge of how to pick up a flogger and start using it, they didn't understand the concept of what leads up to being able to do a flogging scene or a rope scene mm -hmm. or anything. You know, there was no class or no teachings on consent and how to negotiate for it. When I started doing classes or when I started developing the orientation, that's the first thing I thought of because when I started doing scenes with people, I, the first thing I would do is ask them like, hey, what are we okay with? What are you not okay with? You know, what can I do? Where can I touch? Where can I not touch? What's on and what's off limits? It just dawned on me, why don't I just do a class? Just kind of sat back and kind of a, what would I do? You know, what do I do before a scene? And I just listed all those categories and built it from there. You know, lo and behold, I put this class together and I had like 60 people at the wow. first one. It's probably still true today. I would say that most of the people, at least in our community here in Vegas, that come into our community are uh, barely legal to just, um, you know, crossing the, the age of 21. Uh, and a lot of them are females, mostly females. So really? there was a, a need because coming up in Vegas in this community and growing through this community, uh, me and several other people saw a lot of predatory behavior because uh, people need to know, you know, you can't just walk up and grab someone in a not so public area uh, without mm -hmm. some consequence, but people would do it anyway um, under the guise of, well, this is BDSM and I'm a, I, I identify as dominant or a, you know, master or whatever, um, so this is how it's supposed to be. That's absolutely not how it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, not correct or right in any way. No. Yeah. Um, full realm of our world that we live in, there's a lot of bad things that happen to a lot of people. And, you know, all these things just kind of culminated into not just, you know, how do I break down a scene and how to request a scene from someone else and how to build that scene and how to gain that person's trust and how to allow them to gain my trust. Um, and on the same token, how to keep them safe, how to make sure that they feel safe without being overbearing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd imagine that um, like going back to something you said, being in Las Vegas in particular, you know, the need for someone like you and your center and what you do is so much more important just because, I mean, it's, there's a lot that goes on. And like, it's so important now, especially like in this day and age with consent. Absolutely. And, you know, consent was never really as mainstream as it's become. Literally today, um, 
you know, it's not a hotbed topic have periods where everybody is preaching consent. And that's what we want. Obviously, we have a lot of people that want to come out but can't because of, you know, varying things. With Black Lives Matter, there are a lot of people of color that are or may be nervous yeah. in, in coming uh, yeah, out, absolutely. right? Because they may not feel welcome or they may feel like they will be ostracized. Right because they're already ostracized just for the color of their skin, which is ridiculous to all of us, but it's a valid fear. You know, very happy to say that that the the POC community has definitely grown, probably not enough, but it's definitely grown and, and it's still growing. So there's so many aspects to why people won't come out and why people are fearful uh, over and above just coming out and meeting someone who they perceive to be you know, a big, bad, you know, dominant man or, or, or woman uh, who, who portrays aggressiveness and, you know, all these other qualities, you know, throw in 50 shades of gray. And there's a lot of, it's funny that you bring that up because what a question that I personally had for you was like with all of the depictions on television, clearly TV shows, movies like 50 shades of gray, I mean, have they helped the community? Do you think they're detrimental? Yes and no. I am not a fan of any of the books, any of the movies, but I am glad that they're there to a point. So it's always hard because the BDSM community as a whole is never portrayed correctly in any kind of mainstream media. And it's never going to be, right? Unless... We all get together in our own community, start our own production company, and even then, I can't guarantee that it's going to be That'd be, be right good entertainment. I would watch it. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. I, well, Absolutely. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Dark needs a TV show. I'm surprised that, I mean, really, I'm surprised that you don't have one right now. Somebody needs to get on that. I am down if there's any producers listening. <laughs> I mean, you... You all are hey. kind of producers, so you know. Let's talk more. <laughs> but, uh... Hey, absolutely. Listen, uh, we were we were in Vegas not too long ago. We'll always make another trip. And <laughs> next time you do look me up, I'll take y'all out to the munch and I'll introduce you around. It'll be great. Ooh, yes, amazing. Uh, I'd well, love that. But, uh, well, yeah. like I have a, another question too, just with the um, center itself and the courses and everything. I see you do a lot of courses with aftercare and safety um so can you dive into that and tell us like you know some of the dangers of not having this awareness prior to you know these procedures or or uh ceremonies oh it's about normalizing those things right consent aftercare safety there is a lot that goes into any aspect of play it's really important to know the ins and outs of, and especially as a newbie, they're very excited and they have what we tend to call frenzy because they see all these great things and they want to just jump right in. And, you know, from where I'm standing, I'm a baby step guy. So I'm like, you know, maybe start with a spanking, <laughs> maybe some rope, you know, these are, these are relatively, um, you know, easy things mm-hmm. to get into and very, very, very fun. Um, you know, there's, there's the same safety aspects with those things as well. You have to know those aspects before you could really delve into the other aspects. 
you know, there are safe calls and safe words, you know, tools, aftercare kits that we use that we have on hand to prevent accidents. I mean, accidents are going to happen no matter how great you are at tying knots or how great you are handling a paddle or a flogger. You know, things happen. We have knee-jerk reactions. Nobody is perfect. We are all, um, you know, prone to accidents. Right. So it's really important to know that you can have a safe word, which typically is red, um, and that will stop a scene, or yellow, which will pause or slow down the scene. That's very interesting. We kind of use the stoplight system, right? Like green is go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you're saying that because the other day, Jen and myself were talking about if we had a safe word, what it would be. And we could not, for like the life of us, come up with something that had any like logic behind it. I think. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. I think too in like mainstream media, like, you know, safe words are always looked at like this most ridiculous word that you can think of and screaming it at right. the top of your lungs. Yeah, it's a TV depiction right. what they think it would be. Like I think there like was like that episode like. of Portlandia where they were like getting oh, into it and they were like cacao. <laughs> cacao, yes, yes, <laughs> cacao. Cacao, oh, God. <laughs> That's a great episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only episode oh, I ever God. saw. Oh, man. Uh, so, Mr. Dark, and kind of like a, of a surface okay. question. Can I ask you, how did you get your name? And is, is it part of a culture to choose uh, a name other than, let's say, your given name during any of the process? Great question. I actually got my name, I hope you're all sitting down, from <laughs> an early I'm... video game that I used Ooh. to play. Uh, people just used to call me some variation of Dark or you know, dude, you're really dark when I would make, you know, kills during raids and things like that. So someone just roundaboutly was like, I'm going to start calling you Mr. Dark. So it's like, Mr. Dark, I kind of dig it. It's a great name. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) You're welcome. Choosing choosing a name, a scene name uh, is definitely common and it it serves many purposes. One is safety. I don't necessarily want to go in as Mark Blumstein and say, hey, here I am, let's go, uh, because you yeah. may have a corporate <laughs> job or you may have children or, you know, family gotcha. that is very religious per se. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great way to protect your identity, but it's also fun, right? It kind of shows people yeah. what your interests are, what you're into and that kind of thing. And they certainly can. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say like the most like popular or requested um, interest or course that you teach people? Uh, probably spanking. More more people have requested that class than uh, the others, except for maybe the consent class is really popular. I'd say as far as activity goes, definitely spanking. Say it. If I was to come and take class and I've taken every single class that there is to offer, what would be next? If you've taken every class, then you should have all the knowledge you need to plan your scene, negotiate your scene, set up your scene, enjoy your scene, hopefully. So for the sake of this person's privacy, I'm not going to say who it was on here, but I saw a gentleman... 
Uh, he attended your courses. Now, it seems as though, you know, it is his profession, like in terms of not just personal, like learning these things for your own, you know, for your own pleasure, the privacy of, you know, your own doings, uh, whether it's a performer online um, do you have a lot of people who come to you for to learn these specific things? I have some. Most of the attendees that I have are people that are pretty new or fairly new or gotcha. they want to learn for themselves. But I do get people that come to my classes because they want to teach a class for their community uh, or do a different take on my classes, um, at which I think is really cool. Um, but every now and then I'll get, uh, I've had cameras, I've had, uh, people from our, our health district come to my classes. Um, I I've had politicians and law enforcement come to my classes so they can, you know, know what the dynamic is and, and how to ask someone to be their submissive or be their slave or be their mistress or master or dominant. Um, so it's very generalized, I would say. Now, has um, teaching changed because of the current global crisis we're in? Like, are you doing classes virtually? It's kind of funny that you ask that because, you know, education in just in Las Vegas alone has spiraled into this amazing, uh, you know, cluster of different groups about 10 years ago it was really just a couple of us doing classes and now there's several programs that teach you know everything definitely grown exponentially it it continues to do so uh which which is really great so involved you are this has been yeah. so informative really i mean is there anything that you would like to say personally mr dark about where people should find you, what you do. I can absolutely <laughs> do that. Um, well, right now, and, yeah. and to more specifically answer your previous question, uh, we were lucky enough to get a Zoom account, a, a pro account. So we went from literally doing classes here locally in Vegas to doing classes worldwide. Wow. Uh, we're super wow. lucky and, and honored enough to have people from all over the country. Um, we had people from India and the Middle East attend classes and we've had, uh, you know, our, our pages and our group is insanely active and we have people from a lot of marginalized groups that message us looking for information from places like Russia and Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia, like all over the world. And we're just lucky enough to be that space where people can come to. We just wanted to do a simple poll on the first virtual class that I was going to do. And you can only do a Facebook poll in a group. You can't do it on your profile. So I created a group, which never I never thought would amount to anything. And by the end of the day, we had like 500 people. And today we have just, I think, over 2,100. Wow. And um, wow. great for me seeing the growth but when you get down the brass tacks we really don't have a lot to do with that it's that there's such a need for these types of spaces for people from all around the country all around the globe to to come and and you know 
you don't have to have your real picture. You can have a picture of whatever you want. You can have a surname on your profile. It's a, a safe place to come and ask questions and, you know, bring up topics that might be sensitive in, in your own community and get the answers that you're looking for, or at least the support that you're looking for from a global community. And there's a lot of amazing educational systems out there for BDSM and alternative lifestyles. We're just happy to be a part of it. But yeah, we, we have our website. Our website is ever evolving. You know, we have our Facebook page that Mark, you messaged us on. And um, mm -hmm. I'm lucky yes, enough absolutely. to have an amazing uh, partner by my side, my girl, Alice. And um, hey, girl. Hey, Alice. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> she is listening. Um, but she, oh. she's single-handedly responsible for, you know, bringing our Facebook page, which, you know, had maybe a few hundred people to what it is now over, I think, almost 52 or 5,300 followers. Um, and that's really all her. But we have the group and I have other family members that, that help me moderate the group on Facebook. It's, uh, you know, just BDSM Educational Center there. And, you know, hopefully... Over the next several months, we're going to be adding a lot of things to the website and uh, we want to make it more interactive and we hope to start doing video classes that we will upload um, for anyone. People are going to start coming out and um, the age of Zoom and WebEx is going to probably slow down so people will start coming back out and doing live classes, which we'll start doing as well. But we want the same people that have relied on us for information to still know that we're going to be there for them and we'll have uh, classes that they can download for free. We never charge. Everything is by donation. So if you can't afford, uh, to, you know, to attend the class, then we're, we're never going to turn anyone away no. to get the education that they need. Uh, because, you know, the, the foundation of what we do and who we are no. as a community is, negotiation, consent, protocol, you know, limits, things work together to build the community that we have globally. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful yeah. thing. So we're all over social media. And we are going to include all of the links to your website, your Facebook page, so people can find you directly Beautifully. through there and have a more direct path to Mr. Dark and the BDSM awesome. Educational Center. I appreciate that. Yeah. We appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, Jen, Mark, are, I mean, are there anything well, that you'd like that to add? Taking the time out to speak to us. Absolutely. Really. This has been so nice and so informative. Well, once again, we would like to thank Mr. Dark for taking the time to speak with thank us about so BDSM thank education you. today. Mr. Dark is a sex positive educator um, and the founder of the BDSM Educational Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. To learn more about Mr. Dark and the BDSM Educational Center, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash bdsmeducenter, C-E-N-T-E-R.com, or bdsmeducenter.org. Uh, yes. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much. And send Great. Thank you. Bye, Mr. Dark. Bye, Mr. Dark. Thank you. Take care, y'all. Thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of Bizarre Buffet. Make sure to like and subscribe and to follow us on Instagram at Bizarre Buffet and find us on Facebook at Bizarre Buffet Podcast. We'll see you soon.